barely see a quarter of TJ's face. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Brick by Brick podcast. This is a podcast where we sit down with a different member of Optic Gaming's infamous fan base, The Green Wall, with every episode, and we get to know them, we get to know their story, their favorite moments throughout Optic's history, etc., etc. On today's episode, we are joined by guest Scourge. He is a competitive gamer from Florida joining us today. He actually was able to introduce Stray a couple episodes ago. He was the one that got him to come on the show. So real quick, if you want to introduce your scope and introduce yourself, Scourge. Um, nice to meet you. I'm James or Hellish Scourge on Twitter. Uh, I'm 20 years old, competitive gamer from Florida. Um, been following optic for a long time now so yeah all right so kicking things off you said you've listened to at least one episode um i do kick every episode off with the same question and it stems from the eavesdrop you know who are you today question my version of that is what does optic gaming and the green wall mean to you as a consumer of their content as a competitive player um, just all the different areas. Like, what does Optic and the Green Wall mean to you? Right. Um, the Green Wall, for me, it's like family because um, I've always been awkward, socially awkward, and not accepted. And, uh, you know, being a part of the Green Wall, I've always been accepted. And the players, when I've sp- spoken to them, they've always been super nice. I haven't been able to go to the champs yet, but... We'll get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we'll have time to talk about events and, and meeting people and all that throughout this. Um, but yeah, family, I think that's the number one answer I've heard. Um, if I were to boil it down over the last, like, six episodes or so, or seven, I don't know. I think this is, I think this is actually episode 10. Um, I'm 99% sure this is episode 10. But family is the number one answer that I think I hear over and over again. You're the first person that's brought in like the socially awkwardness aspect of it, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool because I know that was like a big part of Hex pushing Nadeshot to make more content and everything. Like Nadeshot really helped bridge that gap because, right. you know, way back in the day before Nadeshot's the Nadeshot that we all know now, like he was a pretty awkward kid at the start, um, but it was super relatable and it's not uncommon for gamers to be a little bit more nerdy and stuff than your typical people, I guess. And yeah. like hats off to Nadeshot and Hex both for making it more inclusive that way, I guess. is like I the sure. best way of putting it. Um, all right. So, so now that we got that out of the way, um, you said that you've been watching Optic for a long time. Do you know when you like started to watch them? Um, I think so. I know it was when... Probably when Hex first joined as the main owner of Optic, but I heard about them. I heard about Scumpy back in Black Ops One, and then going into Black Ops Two, I watched okay. all of those stuff, and that's where it really started to come up. Yeah. Because um, also the Optic phase rivalry mm-hmm. is where it really started. 
Gotcha. So you're pretty OG. You're, I, I want to say like the third guest that's, that stems back that far. Um, I first started watching in 2010 during Modern Warfare 2 at the very beginning of, uh, of 2010. And yeah, like seeing FaZe come onto the scene, that rivalry form. Um, I've been there for a long time. So it's super cool whenever I get to talk to people that have also been watching for so long. I feel like a lot of people that have been around for this long have started to fall off of COD or like they haven't followed it for the last few years. Um, so it's cool whenever I find people that are still following it all this like 10 years later. Sure. So Scumpy, you said you've heard of Scump before you heard of Optic? Yeah, I heard of Scump before Optic um, from a friend, actually. He's like, yo, this guy's really good at COD. You should see him. He's using the FAMAS back in Black Ops 1. And I was like, oh, dang, he's actually really good. Damn, that's I didn't I didn't really. Uh, so like my first introduction to Optic was the sniper team. Um, like I watched a lot right. of sniper montages and videos and stuff. I didn't really get introduced to competitive Call of Duty until the very end of MW3 and the beginning of uh, Black Ops 2. I mean, I watched COD XP before MW3 came out, but like I didn't really get back into competitive until the end and heading into Black Ops 2, which is when I kind of learned who Scumpy was. But right, right, right. it's weird because like most people that come on here, I don't think I've talked to anyone yet that got introduced to optic as a sniper side. Like everyone's gotten into him from the competitive. Right. I wasn't a phase for sniping at that point. Cause I wasn't, I was a sniper in the start. I was watching mostly rain, Pomage, all those guys. Cause mm-hmm. you know, Pomage kept switching. Yeah. Pomage has gone back and <laughs> forth time. between those two a couple times. But yeah, that's why I started with sniping. And then, Gotcha. So Rain, Kamaj. Man, who were some of the older uh, face snipers back then? Oh, um, I feel like Rain is probably one of the biggest ones. Obviously, like you have Ramos. Temper, Ramos. Uh, um, man, there's someone. I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's another like big standout player like Rain. Um, not Rug. I mean, there's Apex. There's Apex. There's yeah. um, Adapt. I want to say his adapt uh, is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So I think he was in what? Sore? I, I think, think he, he was, was sore before. Then. Yeah. There's not He's too many. It's weird because there's not too many big sniper orgs anymore. No. Um, sniping. I wouldn't say it's died off necessarily, but it's not so much the limelight that it was, you know, back then. Yeah, for sure. Now which, it's competitive in Warzone. Yeah. Warzone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Warzone. I'm pr- I'm just burnt out on battle royales for the most part. I'm trying to get back into yeah. Apex Legends myself. All right, yeah. so um, give us a little bit more. I mean, if, unless we've already covered a lot of it, but like, do you have more to your background other than what we've already kind of talked about? Like first I mean, Call of Duty, like first, first Call of Duty I played was like, um, videos World you started watching, like. Like, give us a rundown on how, how you kind of overall got introduced to Call of Duty and, like, the scene and everything, I guess. Uh, I got into Call of Duty by my friend. I used to hang out with my friend. He's a childhood friend. He's, like, a brother to me. But um, we used to play a lot of zombies, and we used to play Modern Warfare 2, and he'd destroy me in quickscoping. But 
<laughs> um, Good old times. He was, you always have like yeah, that yeah, one he, buddy that you're you're always one v wanting, and like, uh, yeah, usually one of you is significantly better than the other one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just beat him in a quick in a um sniper battle back in Modern Warfare, and that was probably one of the proudest days of my life because <laughs> like I finally beat I you. I could never beat him. <laughs> yeah, I had a buddy growing up, like another childhood friend that we were pretty pretty back and forth. I'd say I got the upper hand on him like maybe sixty percent of the time, mm-hmm. but it was pretty close. It was like a 55-45 split, 60-40 split, something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you're you're playing zombies, uh, yeah. Modern for 2 quick scope, and losing to your buddy. Yeah. Uh, um first game I played though wasn't Modern Warfare 2. It was actually World at War. Okay. I started playing. And absolutely loved that game. I haven't played it since then, though. <laughs> But um, that's when I started, went to Modern Warfare 2, well, COD 4, and then Modern Warfare 2, and stuff. Okay. Uh, first video, probably... Or, like, first, hmm, like, team, pro- I guess, like... Probably FaZe. Okay. That was the first team, and then Optic was the second team that I actually watched. Yeah, because, like, when I think back, like, I'm sure that I watched Call of Duty videos... Because my first COD was Modern Warfare 2. I played Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1, like I rented it for a week from Blockbuster. But like, I don't really count that just because like, I didn't buy the game, I didn't play it, you know? Um, So Modern Warfare 2 was like my first official Call of Duty. But Optic is like the first team that I remember watching, or like the first people I remember watching on a regular basis. Uh, Like I said, I'm sure there's some other videos and stuff scattered in there, but like, they're definitely the first ones that like, just... uh, just snagged my attention, just captured it, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm here for everything. I'm going to watch every upload. I'm going to watch, like, the nation videos, the individual videos, uh, the videos they were doing with Machinima back then. Uh, and then, you know, FaZe coming onto the scene and everything. It was like, I hated FaZe. Oh, dude, I hated FaZe right. for so long. Just because, like, it was the trick shotting for me. I didn't like trick shotting. Mm-hmm. And even to this day... I'm very, very particular on whether or not I will like a trick shot in a montage. For me, it's the person who does it, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah I'm, I I'm think... more like that now. But like yeah. trick shotting alone, I'm just not a fan. No. Unless it's random. If it's spontaneous, like you just got a triple feed and then decided to 360 off a building and try to maybe hit a fourth kill and you actually land the fourth hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a dope trick shot. But if yeah. you're like one man army and you're just stunning the last guy in search and destroy, and it took you thirty tries before you hit him, like yeah, you know they were just feeding for it. Yeah, I'm like that just doesn't doesn't do it for me. So for the longest time, I hated Phase. Now mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for him because of everything they've done. Um, and especially the, the OGs like Temper me. and like I I really like Temper as an owner. Yeah. Opposite of you. How do you mean? So, I think now the problem is with Face for me is the a lot of it's Fortnite. They're doing the vlog stuff, and I know they're becoming more, more celebrity type mm-hmm. people, and not 
what they were at, what they were known for. Yeah. And I guess that kind of seeing like my childhood kind of go away like that. It's just like, dang, I, I don't know. Because things just got different after the New York house. See, that's stuff, like, so. I understand that. But like having never been a FaZe fan, like they weren't my team growing up. I was right. always on the optic side of it. Like I literally look at that same situation and it makes me like optic more for yeah. all the same reasons. Cause like, Oh yeah. I'm glad that optic for the most part stayed in their lane. Um, yeah. and I mentioned this, I think in, in a few different episodes now I've talked about it. Like some organization at some point had to transcend call of duty and become more of a lifestyle brand. And FaZe yeah. did it pretty flawlessly. Like, they became more celebrities. Right. They did more vlogging. They started signing, you know, big names like Brownie James, right? Mm-hmm. Like, non-traditional gamers. Like, they they transcended gaming, and they mm-hmm. did it in glorious fashion. And somebody had to do that. I'm glad it was right. not Optic. Yeah, like, I am glad that Optic. I mean, obviously, they didn't stick with COD. They expanded to other esports throughout the years, dropped the sniper team and whatnot. But, like, for the most part, they stayed close-knit to gaming. Yeah. Uh, Which is... uh, You're the first person I've, like, heard the opposite of that, like, the phase side of that from. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I fell off a phase because they... I don't want to say I get corporate, but, like, it's kind of an easy term to use for it. Right, yeah. Like... I'm happy that they did, especially now because Optics obviously my favorite out of the two, and became my favorite after I learned about them. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, if it was anyone, it was probably gonna be them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the three biggest or easiest orgs to follow nowadays is Phase, Optic, and Hundred Thieves. Yeah, and like nothing against any other orgs and i don't necessarily like if you're gonna become a fan of any of the three i don't consider it bandwagoning they're just the three that are doing it the best they're they're the ones making the content making the video like engaging with fans they're doing a better job Mm -hmm. than every other org Um, i'm actually really curious to see how like especially with the cdl how other teams handle it like in five years like i want to know who's going to be the next team that is able to work the content side of esports as well as mm-hmm. these three. And honestly, out of these three, I still like non-biased. I think optic does the best job. Yeah. Like phase doesn't do a ton of focus on their cod cod league team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the starting to, I think the LA thieves are really going to do well. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're a content powerhouse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to watch it kind of unfold. Yeah. Um, so we kind of just talked about this. I usually ask it as a question, but it might have got answered in there. But I usually ask, like, especially on the topic of other organizations and whatnot, like what makes Optics special versus other orgs? Like, I don't know if you have a different answer than what we kind of already mentioned, but probably not. I mean. Just or, let me let me the, ask um, this then. Like, okay. So you started as a phase fan. You said you're an optic fan now, and mm-hmm. if you chose between the two now, like after getting to know them, you would choose optic. Like, at what optic. point would you say was like the turning point? Like, at what One, point were prob- you like, you know what, I like optic more. 
probably once I found out about Optic, everything they were doing, the COD team, the the players on it, the content, it just spoke more true to me instead of FaZe. Okay. You know, they had some cool stuff still, but I still think Optic has always been the better content org. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But it's also cool, like, like one of the things, one video that stands out to me a lot when it comes to Optic is, this is somewhere on Hitch's channel. I can't remember the title of it. It's always a pain in the ass for me to find. But it's, I refer to it as, like, the cockroach apartment video. It's not the mm-hmm. actual title of it. I don't know the title of it, but it's basically him like reminiscing with Blake about like his grind to join optic. And then when he finally joined and it's like, I don't know. I just really like that video because it goes to show that like, not just anybody that, you know, gets good numbers. Maybe they have amazing viewership, et cetera. And they could bring a lot of fans into optic. Like, that's not why you join Optic. Like, there's something different there. Like, Hex handpicks you. Like, I don't know. They're just really good about the culture, I guess. Like, you can be, like, Ninja, right? Who, maybe he's not the biggest streamer now, but, you know, a few years back, especially during the Fortnite buzz, like, he was the largest streamer in the world, no questions asked. Right. But, like, just because of that, he's not going to just magically end up on Optic. No. And I could see other organizations picking people up like that. For sure. Which, like, no shame in that. But I I think that's something that makes Optic stand out. Like, Right. They're making a smart play. It's just Optic has a different goal. Obviously, the goal is to make content and all that stuff. But they also want to have the best people that fit their org. Yeah. And fit their idea. Agreed. You know, because they're trying to, I feel like they're trying to change the world, not even just esports. I think they're trying to just change the world on how everything's looked, especially with the content. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They're just, they're just doing things a little bit different and they're doing things. Obviously there's no right way to create content, but if I were to say what a right way would be, it would be the way Optic's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's so many different strategies that that can work with content, but I just like theirs the best. Um, so, moving on to another question that I, I ask everybody, especially the longtime fans, um, and I feel like it's a no-brainer question, but I still like to ask it to hear different opinions and answers and stuff, but like, in 2017, when Hex sold his majority stake in the company to Infinite Esports and Entertainment, um, and they're known as like the dark days, and then even last year when it wasn't Optic Gaming as we knew it, it was Optic Gaming Los Angeles. Like, what did you do do during that period as a fan? Um. So BO, I know BO4. I didn't really keep up too much. I watched a few things champs i watched champs but i for a while i just didn't really do too much i still watched the optic videos but i just didn't really do anything and then 
to Huntsman, I was back on board. I was like, oh, they're still doing really well. But they're called the Huntsman now? Okay, I could get I could get around with that. You know. Yeah. It's the people. I think yeah, I think like I mean it's shitty as it was, you know, when Hex left Optic, like that video to me was heartbreaking. I've been following him. I have a video on I think it's my first or second YouTube channel, which I've ha- I've had like I think I think this YouTube channel right now is my fifth. Um, but my first or second one, I actually have a video where like I mention a hex video. Um, so it was like, I don't know, it was kind of heartbreaking for me, like when he was leaving the organization that I grew up watching. But it also spoke volumes to the concept of, you know, it's the people, not the brand itself. Like we're not going to just follow around this empty shell of a logo. Yeah. Like, okay, we switched the name to the Huntsman. But we all followed along because it was the same people behind it. Uh, And then when he signed Team Summertime to NRG and like you started seeing him bring bring his people in. uh, That spoke volumes. That was big. Dude, the Maniac one during the was that during the the pre-show? Yeah, that was that hit. It's weird now. You've have you seen the Maniac process video? I did. It's weird now when they go play the pre-show of him you know the buying out the mutineers contract and like seeing maniac's reaction mm-hmm. and then just knowing that he was pretty much as high as a kite in that moment right like it makes a lot of sense because we look at his reaction and it's like but it's it's just different now watching that clip with the context of the the process video yeah Um, all right. So I think, I mean, that's like the kind of normal answer. Everyone pretty much followed him to the Huntsman. Uh, there was actually, I think it was Jack incisive. He found out about them during the Huntsman, which was cool. He was the first person I talked to that got introduced during that side of it. And then did the reverse of following them to optic. Uh, for me, one of the biggest things with them getting optic back to, like as much as dumb as it is, like some point, some part of last year, not having the optic name in logo, it's not like it felt wrong, but it's like it was like I was ninety eight percent satisfied, mm-hmm. and that last two percent stuck with the name and logo. Like right. I wanted yeah. to buy optic merch, I wanted to rep that logo and that brand that I have been following for so long. But, but instead, I bought a shitload of Huntsman stuff. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, they did a great job with the Huntsman merch. Like, oh, yeah. the the Omens collab is super cool. The goat tee is probably one of my oh, yeah, favorite that was shirts. Really good. Uh, that one, it's so clean. Oh, yeah. Like, and iconic number 23. Like, I'm a Lakers fan. For mm-hmm. me, I look at, you know, different numbers other than Jordan. I look at Magic Johnson. I look at Kobe Bryant. Like, the number 23 doesn't hold as much weight for me as it does as, like, a Bulls fan. But having that iconic number on the shirt, just look... Oh, man, it sums up the shirt so well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of merch, do you have uh, any Optic or Huntsman merch? 
I actually don't because um, I know with Optic, I was really young and we didn't really have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So that's when they didn't sell as much merch back then, too. Yeah. And then with Huntsman, I was just I think I was just starting to get into a job because I was a little bit of a late bloomer in that sense Mm because I was was busy with um, band. How like you were, what, 18, 19 at the time, depending on your when, when your birthday is. So it's like. 19. That makes sense. Not everybody gets a job as soon as they get out of high school. Yeah. Like, in fact, part of me wishes I didn't. I I got my mm-hmm. first job, like, at the end of senior year, like halfway right. through the, the spring semester. And, like, I mean, it was nice to be earning money, but at the same time, I'm like, damn, I feel like I should have just taken a year off to just, like, chill and enjoy life before jumping into work. Right. So no merch though. Do you do you want some merch? Like, do you plan on oh, getting yeah. some, or are you like not super into plan. it? I'm I'm I totally plan to get okay. the Optic Chicago merch, and I wanted to get the Optic Founder hoodie, but my um my college refund didn't come in quick enough to get Oof. it, and I was so mad. I mean, how much that. do you dig the black on black? Oh, I think it works. I mean, okay, kind of hard to see, of course, but I think it works really well. I think it's really clean. So I have the the Optic Founders collection, and the crew neck and the hoodie with the embroidery is super dope. The shirt's kind of bland, mm-hmm. not gonna lie. Yeah, like the printed black on black graphic on the shirt, like it just doesn't pop as much. No, um, I just know a lot of people were kind of unhappy with the mm-hmm. Founders drop. Um, which, to be fair, I. I like the design. I don't like that it was like that's what the founders was. Right. I think the founders would be cooler if it was like a white green, like you know, white O green G, mm-hmm, um, yeah. or green C if they were gonna do Optic Chicago, like just something that felt really nostalgic for mm-hmm. the founders drop would have been super super cool. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like do that crew neck. I think it's the only crew neck I own. I'm not big on crew necks. I want to be now, though. It's su- Oh, dude, it's so comfy. Dude, I bet. It's, it looks comfy. Yeah, the shirt, I don't really wear the shirt too much. I work five days a week, and I have to wear a collared shirt at work. It's like, I don't have too many opportunities to, to wear my merch. Right. Like, I pretty much get two days a week I get to wear it. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to rep today? But I also didn't get super big into merch until last year. Mm-hmm. I think before last year, I owned an Optic Syndicate or uh, not an Optic Syndicate shirt. I owned a, a Syndicate shirt. Um, I did have an Optic Green Wall shirt that I got at Anaheim 2013, but don't have that anymore. That's I'm actually wearing that shirt in my senior pictures, modeled after a Big Timers Game Informer. Was it Game Informer or GameStop? <laughs> Uh, I think he, it was Game Informer. I think it was Game Informer. He was in. He had a. He was in the um, Guinness Book of World Records, and I think the pictures yeah. were like in Game Game Informer. But I basically modeled my senior pictures after that. Right. So pretty nerdy, but I'm proud of it. Looking back, yeah. Like you know what, my senior pictures were really true to who I am and who I was. Everyone else has taken these fake ass pictures, going and like yeah, standing yeah. in some forest or next to some flowers. They're like, what are you doing? Come on. So, uh, speaking of Anaheim 2013, 
Have you, I know you said you haven't been to champs. Have you ever been to an event? No, I got screwed out of that. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So, what do you so, have? Did COVID screw you over? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was supposed to be going to the Florida homestead. And I was already planned to Damn. go buy the tickets, but COVID happened. And then that's not even the worst part because this isn't like last year wasn't totally heartbreaking for me. 2017 IW champs. Ah, that one stung still. So I really wanted to go and it was here. So I wanted to go and I was, I was still young and my mom was like, yeah, we don't got the money. We can't go. And I was like, no, my one chance. Damn. So, um, yeah, that's rough. (laughs) That's the, I've been to three events. Um, the two events that I like really wish I could have gone to is 2017 champs, obviously. And then I would really like to go to a London event. Pretty much oh, any London event because the crowds. Oh, yeah. Um, crowds like pretty much any of them. Obviously, there's a couple that stand out a little bit more than than others. Like, what was it? Black Ops 4? It was like yeah. the, the one uh, where it was like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would also. I think that one was with Tommy. One right? that I, I. I don't think I've mentioned it in an episode, but I almost went. So I live in Northern California. I was born in Southern California. It's about a nine-hour drive back to Southern California for where I'm at, which is fine. I make that drive frequently, like most of my family is in Southern California. So I grew up making that drive like three to five times a year. Um, <clears throat> but I was really close to going to COD XP 2011. Uh, it was right after Modern for 2, like heading into, or no, right after Black Ops 1, heading into Modern Warfare 3, it was like that August. And I don't remember why I didn't go. I don't know if I just like didn't ask because I assumed the answer was already going to be no or if it was because it was expensive or what. But like for some reason I never went. And they had, they remade the Scrapyard map as a paintball arena. Um, It was a badass event that I, that's probably my I would say that's my biggest, like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. Just because I think had I gone to that, I probably would have taken content a lot more seriously moving forward. Right. But instead, I didn't really take content as serious until probably Anaheim or Champs of 2019 or Black Ops 4. Um, At that point, I was like, man... It's like my first event was Anaheim 2013. I didn't return until Anaheim 2019 and then Champs 2019. But it was like a turning point. I was like, man, this is what the energy is like now, six years later. And I don't know. I just, Champs 2019, I was like, okay, it's content season forever and always. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been working out all right. The podcast is probably my favorite idea I've ever come up with. I, Right. I absolutely love doing the show. Um, don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I'm actually hoping I have like very little hopes for this, but I would really like to pick up some sponsors for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just for like one off episodes. Uh, 
I think I'm going to try to email Mountain Dew Game Fuel and just kind of hope for the best. But I, it doesn't get a ton of listeners and viewers yet. But I think the concept of the podcast is super dope. Right, yeah. Like, I, I can't help but to think, like, two years from now, three years from now, like, what the yeah, show looks like. could be. Yeah. Like, this this is my baby. I've skipped, I haven't made a videos in like, I think two weeks I've skipped numerous streams, but I think I've only missed one podcast. So thank you for coming on by the way. Uh, so let's get, let's get back into some questions. Um, obviously you've been watching for a long, long time. Who is your favorite current member of optic? And who is your favorite all time member of optic? The only person you cannot list is hex. (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, it can be anybody. It can be a pro player, a content creator. It could be Matt or Roger or Hitch, someone that works more behind the scenes. It could be Optic J if you want to. Like, who? <laughs> I could. <laughs> who's your favorite current and your favorite all time? My favorite current's probably formal. Okay. Because he's ever since he got to Texas. It's just been... Dude's a machine. Yeah, it's just been amazing. Like a content machine, too. Like, Not just on the sticks. Dude is funny as hell. Yeah. Uh, Dude, actually, driving home... So Right before this, I was doing some grocery shopping. And driving home, I put on the eavesdrop episode with Formal. And my girlfriend pointed out, and I just tweeted this, too. If you, like, close your eyes and you just listen to that podcast... Formal sounds just like Zach Efron. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it, like, I can't unsee it. I hear his voice, and in my head, I picture Zach Efron from, like, down to earth. <laughs> it's it's weird. Anywho, so, so favorite current is the Piper. Is All time. Big Piper. All time scum, probably. Okay. Because, you know, that's who I first watched when I was getting into Optic, so. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, what it, stuff he was posting back then when he first started watching him? I know he was posting, he posted his, like, 88 and Zeal on Raid. I know he did that. I know on Midnight, he versed um, Jules and her in Midnight. Mm-hmm. So I watched that that he was in. Um... Hmm. I miss Optic Jewel. Oh, she yeah, was. I actually really liked her videos back in the day. Yeah. I miss Midnight on Optic too. Dude, but I do. We all yeah. Know what she's but doing I'm. Now. I'm. I'm glad that she's doing a good job with the rocker. Oh yeah. Um, like she's killing nasty. it, but I do miss. It's Optic Midnight, dude. It was so sad. Yeah. When she left. Like that's actually so. I made a tribute video. At the the quote unquote end of optic, um, when Hex was leaving and stuff after uh, Black Ops Four Champs twenty nineteen, I made a little right. optic tribute video and I have clips dating back to like very 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 early optic days. But one of my saddest points in the whole video was probably uh, Midnight's little clip that I threw in there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, yeah, that's so great. Miss that, yeah. So scump and formal. All right. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't. I've listed the same 
two slash three people uh, every episode. This is probably the most consistent answer I give on the show. Yeah. Favorite current member, Big Timer. Yeah. Um, favorite all time is a toss up. I mean, if we're it's Damon Karma Barlow, mm-hmm. but also D Treats. Right. Which ultimately it's Big Timer and D Treats, but I can't not leave Karma or I can't yeah. leave Karma out of it. Like all three of those guys. Uh, I like to give D Treats as many shout outs as possible as well because so many people in today's day and age, don't understand don't. who the hell he is. Yeah. Like, go do yourself some some favors. Go on YouTube. You, YouTube? Go on YouTube and type in Optic D-Treats. D-T-R-E-A-T-S. All right? And when you hear him say, Sup, puppies, doggy here, for the intro, you watch oh that God. video, any of them, and be amazed, all right? Best sniper talent of all time, at the very mm-hmm. least, the best sniper to ever grace optic. Right. So now that we've uh, paid our respects to the one and only doggy D treats, uh, let's move into some more questions. Um, <laughs> if you could join optic or be involved with optic in any way, shape or form, whether you're a pro player, a content creator, uh, accountant, a, a camera guy, like whatever, nutritionist for all I care. Like what would you want to do and why would you want to do it? Honestly, anything, but I'll probably say either content or no, I'll just say content. Probably. I obviously would love to be a pro player, but that squad. (laughs) Yeah. That squad's nasty. Who, what position do you play currently? Uh, right now I'm a flex, but okay. I, I've played every role lately. Like Mon Wolf, I had to act, actually play every role for teams, and it was it was rough. Yeah, I my introduction. I mean, I've always been a little bit of a slower, kind of more AR type player, um, mm-hmm. unless I was sniping. At which point I was just running around quick scoping. But yeah. anytime I was red gunning, I was pretty much posted up with the AR, just mowing people down. Um, Black Ops 2, when I started playing more competitively, I was kind of secondary AR most of the time. Um, but I had a buddy, it was like, we basically had like a, a duo, which was actually like my childhood friend that I mentioned earlier, um, him. And then this other guy that they became really good friends. They were like our submachine gun slayer duo. Um, going between Slayer and Objective, back and forth. And then my buddy and I, who I, he was actually the person that took me to Anaheim 2013, Colby. Shout out to Colby. Um, he was like our main AR, but him and I could switch at any given point, depending on like the map and situation. Nowadays, uh, and probably this, this probably started in... Um... I want to say either Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare. I did not play a ton of Black Ops 3. I'll say Infinite Warfare. I started playing more of a flex role. Um, right. And then in Black Ops 4, I was like main flex. I right. I think I liked the flex role the best. But the only position that I... I don't necessarily refuse to play, but I just don't think I'm the best fit, is 
like a um, entry sub. Right. I'm just not cracked enough to to play at that level. I also right, haven't touched yeah. COD in two months, so I'm just not cracked at all. I just don't enjoy the state of the game for the last few years. Yeah. That, like like Modern Warfare was fun for pubs, frustrating for competitive for me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say fun for pubs. I just was sniping a lot. I've always struggled right. with, do I go full into competitive and just become a nasty player and just slay out like crazy? Or do I go back to my roots and get really good at sniping again? Like right. I've struggled with that since I stopped competing because mm-hmm. I don't like losing. So I want to play competitive and I really do like playing competitive and playing like a more strategic version of the game than just pubs, especially when you have team teammates to play with. But like, I don't always have teammates to play with. Sometimes my teammates are trash if I am playing pubs and it's like, well, at this point I just want to get back into like sniping and start making montages. Right. And I, I've tried doing both. There's, I can't like, I cannot do both. I've tried. Yeah. Have you ever tried to go back and like be a sniper again? Or are you a hybrid? Can you do both pretty well? Pretty well. I mean, I do it all right. I haven't really been, I stopped sniping mainly uh once ghost came out okay because once ghost came Fair out enough. sniping got kind of weird in ghost weird. yeah aw then it was just kind of strange still cold war i'm i'm able to do it mon yeah. wolf i could do it too for it's me just- yeah ghost i wasn't sniping as much um i think i was still the sniper for our team Mm-hmm. but I just wasn't doing it as much. Right. And then Advanced Warfare, we probably stuck together for like four to six months before we started to like break up as a team. But sniping was just different. Like, and it's like I wasn't going to risk trying to snipe in the first jetpack COD. Like, why would I do that when I could just use a BAL or an ASM-1? Um... And then Black Ops 3, I didn't play as much. Infinite Warfare, at that point, I didn't really have a team to play with. So I started to get back into sniping. Infinite Warfare, I was actually, that was probably my best game when it came to like being a hybrid. Actually, no, last year, Modern Warfare was, I feel like sniping was easier in Modern Warfare than it is in Cold War. Despite everything people have said about snipers being OP. I swear, at least quick scoping and getting feeds was way was easier, easier in, that game. in Modern Warfare than that. it is in Cold War. Yeah. It took me think- two months to figure out how the fuck to snipe in Cold War. Right. Like, I just, I don't know what it was. I could not hit shots. Aim assist just felt wrong. Right. Like, I could not wrap my head around all the people in the league that were bashing on sniping being way too easy in this game and, like, sniping being broken. I was like, How? I don't know. Maybe like, I just suck. I think I think in competitive it's broken. I think but because I think, you can watch lanes and like it's a slower paced game. Right. Yeah. I do wish those snipers in the league still. Though. I do. It changes the pace of search and destroy. It makes search and destroy flow better. Yeah. Like. And there's always like the shock and awe factor. Like, one you know someone. 
you know, maybe the last guy alive, you know, it's a one V two and all he's got is a sniper. And like, he ma- mysteriously gets a freaking no scope. Like those are just hype moments. You go back, you watch right. black ops two. There's a lot of those crazy sniper moments in competitive and something that we're just like, not going to see again until probably next year. Assuming snipers make a return. Yeah. Um, the next card, honestly, we'll see. I pretty much have zero faith. I yeah. did okay. No, I think it was Stry. Actually, it might have been Helgi. One of the two no. said that they saw somewhere that everyone has World War II Vanguard wrong. It's not set in World War II. It's a modern day era based on if the Americans did not win World War II. Hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that campaign-wise, story-wise, it's World War II if the Axis powers won? Like if it, but a modern-day version. I'm like, can that like please? And stuff. Can we please, please, please get something that is like somewhere after the 1990s? Yeah. I am so tired. The oldest era that I enjoy playing is probably Cold War. Anything mm-hmm. before that, like everything just feels sluggish. World War II just yeah. felt nah. And it was ugly as hell. The maps were just bland. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not looking forward to World War II Vanguard. Are you? Mm, kinda. I'm looking forward to the guns because. Right now, I don't like the seventy for you. I might be the only person too. I don't like it, dude. I, I was the, for the longest while. I was like the only person that didn't like the Krig. Whew. Granted, I haven't played in a couple months, and I know the Krig has been buffed, so yeah. I, re- I haven't played with it since then. Oh, it's good. But I don't know. Something about Cold War just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, which is weird. I actually like every aspect of the game for the most part. The movement, yeah. I would take Cold War's movement any day over Modern Warfare. This, the, it, it just feels smooth. Edge sliding feels so smooth. The jump sliding, the bun, it, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. The guns feel good. The hit detection, like, I don't actually have complaints. But something that I have no idea what it is, like, it just it does not hold my attention. Right. And I wish I, I knew what it was. Like satisfying. I don't feel satisfied when I get a two piece or a three piece. So I'll yeah. be like, oh, I got a three piece. Okay, move on. And it's like, I don't know. League play was supposed to be different, but it didn't do anything for me. Um, yeah. It's just weird. I don't know. I will say World War II ranked play. World War II That's ranked play is elite. Good. Even if we got Black Ops 2 League play, that was not horrible. Yeah. It wasn't horrible. Like, I just... I don't know. Cold War just doesn't do it for me. Sniping... You know what I think it is? The only thing that I've consistently been able to say might be why I don't like it, and I hate to say it, but engagement-optimized matchmaking. Mm -hmm. I think that the developer should stay out of it and give me a really good league play system or ranked play system. And when I get bored of pubs because they're getting too easy, I will put myself into ranked modes. 
Right. And when I get frustrated because ranked modes are too hard and sweaty and I'm trying to chill, I will go put pubs. myself into pubs. I do not right. want the server making that decision for me. Yeah. That, like, because I'm the type of player, and there's a lot of players like this, that no matter how pissed off you get or how bad of a time you're having during a match, you just don't leave. You just don't rage quit. Yeah. So you're essentially telling the server that you enjoyed that type of gameplay. It's like, I don't. I don't like sweating 24-7. I don't like pulling out a sniper to try to get some feeds. And because three games ago I used a Krig and went off, now I, I have to... Now. Yeah, like... I just... And so it's like my options, if you're the type of player like like that, where you just pretty much refuse to rage quit no matter what the circumstances are... Like, yeah, you're not in order to get chill games, you just have to start rage quitting every time it gets frustrating. Mm-hmm. And you just have to reinforce the server and tell it, I don't like hard games. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Like, why do all, why do all of that? Like, just let me and be I in control. I don't think it's the, I don't even think it's like Treyarch or anything. No, 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 no. I think it's Activision. Yeah, this might get a little controversial. <laughs> I think most bad decisions and bad things and obviously the term bad is subjective yeah but I think most of that is from a corporate higher power named Activision no and I could be wrong like there's there's not a ton of information out there that you know publicly available but I just think that's the trend that we've seen from most developers and publishers um what like destiny I don't play Destiny, but from what I've heard, since since Destiny started being their own publisher, they're, they're doing really well they've right they've now. done really really well with Destiny too. They've making they've taken oh, yeah. a lot of steps to improve the game. Um, and so, what does that tell the consumer? That this is what they always wanted to do, but they couldn't because they were told not to. Yeah, yeah. Um, even when Apex Legends came out, there was a lot of statements regarding the whole interaction between Respawn Entertainment and EA. And EA obviously doesn't have the best track record. But like one of the things I remember reading, EA was like, hey, Respawn, make us a battle royale. And Respawn went, hold on, check out this thing we've been working on. And it was Apex Legends, and it was a battle royale, and it was received really, really well. And Respawn pretty much said, hey, EA, just let us do what we want with this one because it's obviously doing well. And to my understanding, that's kind of what happened. And Apex has actually done really well since release. Um, I think they ran into a small hiccup a couple seasons back. Yeah, I think there was a small but, patch where people stood in. Yeah, like I know there was a, a point where people weren't happy with the meta or something. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, they've done a really good job. Um, and they actually just released a, a new arena mode, which looks super fun. All right, yeah. back back to Optic, though. Um, last thing I asked you was if you could be involved in any way. You said content. Why content? Um, like, do you make content now? If not, do you really, really want to make content? Like, like, what's your draw towards, you know, if you could join Optic as a content, like, why a content creator versus something else? Um, probably content creator. I'm not a co- content creator right now. I'm working towards it. I have an artist making 
my overlays and stuff. I Feel free to shout them out too if you want to. Oh, hold on. I gotta. I'll get his thing and I'll shout him out at okay. a certain point when we can. Um, but I think since I grew up watching the content, it was just like an instant. Yeah, this is something I would love to be a part of because they're all family. They're all having fun. They they banter with each other, and it's just it's just a good time. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, my answer is, I don't, I don't want to say it's like unique in any way, shape, or form, because I'm sure you know Optic has a ton of fans. I'm not the only one with these thoughts, but mm-hmm. I'm torn between content creator and a behind the scenes guy, similar to like Roger and Hitch when he was working on Vision. And the turning point for me that made me think behind the scenes was Champs 2019. Um, Anaheim 2019, I did a little bit of vlogging just with my iPhone 7 Plus. Mm-hmm. Champs 2019, I bought a gimbal for my phone, a microphone. Um, Jack Incisive actually found a picture on... He was looking at just old optic uh, pictures or something. And one of uh, Isabel's pictures, Scum's girlfriend... Or right. fiance or girlfriend? Are they engaged? I don't know. Um, I think it's girlfriend. I'm gonna right go, I'm gonna go with girlfriend. I'll play it safe. No. Um, but she has a picture from Champs 2019, and I'm actually in the background of it with mm-hmm. my iPhone gimbal and microphone. But like, which is super badass. Like, I can't believe there's actually a picture that that has me doing my thing in the background. But the reason it was a turning point is because that was the first time. I actively chose to step away from the hype crowd and like next to the camera guys to try to capture that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, and it was cool. Cause like by day two, like I'm the only guy there with a smartphone gimbal and a microphone attached. Everyone else has mirrorless cameras, like legit setups. Mm-hmm. And by day two, it was like people didn't necessarily recognize me, but they recognized like a goofy camera setup. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, it's cool being like a quote unquote camera guy. Granted, I wasn't doing it for any organization. Obviously, wasn't being paid for it. And like, didn't really know what kind of stuff I was trying to capture. But it opened my eyes to like, man, it would maybe be really cool to do content for an organization. Obviously, Optic would be the dream organization. Uh But you got to work your way up. Um, through the ladder and, and stuff to get to optic. Right. But so it's like, I would like to be a content creator, but I would equally like to explore a behind the scenes position. Um, right. Almost more so now. I just don't outside of this podcast. I think I personally think my content is okay. Um, I think mm-hmm. it could be better, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I just like sitting down and editing stuff and like not having to shoot a video for myself. Right. Like, I don't know. The process is just a little bit, the process and workflow is a little bit different. In the last few weeks, I've been digging the behind the scenes process, uh, which is why I've gone two weeks without making a video. Right. Um. All right. So we, we talked about this. I mentioned this in the intro that, you know, part of getting to know you would be learning your favorite members, your favorite moments and stuff like that. If you were Mm -hmm. to list um, your top three favorite moments in optic history, 
what would they be? And they can be from competitive matches or just pieces of content and videos that you've watched throughout the years. Okay, first probably champs because that was a like a big thing because I never saw them win a champs. 2017, I'm assuming. So yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, because I never saw them win a chance, and I always thought they should have. Okay. They had multiple chances than they should have, but yeah. I mean, up point, until uh, up until champs, the dynasty roster steamrolled most teams for yeah. three consecutive years. Right. Um, okay, so we got twenty seventeen champs. Hmm. Probably moments. Uh, moments, as in like videos too, or is it? Uh, yeah, if there's like a standout moment in a video or a standout video that you remember that you can use that as well um i'd have to go with um i think maniac did maniac it'll be maniac slash um hitch because maniac did a would you rather back in the day and that was hilarious and then um or it could be um hitch when he did the um smash it smash it pass and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. And then third, <sighs> probably the story that um we heard this year from Big Piper himself. Uh, Which one? The CDL cameras. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Poor moment yeah. bite. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's that's a good one. Um, when I list my three, uh, the first episode I listed like my, the top three that I could think of. But then by episode two, I changed those three and then I decided I would just use the opportunity to to bring up some nostalgic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, last episode, I actually went really nostalgic. Um, so this one, I'll tr- I try not to repeat stuff, but there are some standout moments that like they just come to my mind instantly. Right. Uh, so let's see, we will go with, um, we're going to go with UMG Chicago, 2012 hijacked mm-hmm. hard point optic right. versus complexity, because that was the first truly, truly competitive match I watched. Like, yes, I watched COD XP 2011. I watched mm-hmm. optic win that tournament. That was insane for me. But for the remainder of Modern Warfare 3, I didn't really follow competitive. I would watch right. the Friday night fights as part of the Call of Duty uh uh the Call of Duty Elite mobile app. But mm-hmm. that wasn't really true competitive. So my first taste of proper true competitive and the tournament that really got me into it was UMG Chicago 2012. Um so that that'll be one of them. We will go with Homage rejoining because that was really big when that happened. Yeah. Um, Number three, I'm trying to think of ones that I have not listed. And I don't think of, I know I haven't listed Homage rejoining. I don't think I've listed Chicago 2012. Last moment that I've not said in any previous episode I'm gonna have to dig for this one. I'm trying to think like scuff house vibes, CS Go House vibes. 
Um, man, something old school. Oh, you know what? I think I mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned it as a favorite moment, but I mentioned it as... No, I can't use that because that's the next question. All right, take it back. Uh, after this question, I'm going to ask you like your favorite series that they've done, um, such as like Vision and whatnot. But my third favorite moment, dude, I can't think of anything that I haven't said before. I've listed Proofy's four-piece. I've listed uh, Champs. I've listed Sniper Montages. Um, you know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna throw a curveball that probably shouldn't really count, but Zergriz, the Matrix Reloaded montage, Modern Warfare Two. That's my favorite montage of all time, undisputed. Mm-hmm. And technically, the optic logo bounces at the beginning, like it does have an optic intro. Right. So I'm gonna count it, even though it's pretty unaffiliated with optic. If you guys aren't familiar with that montage. The full 18-minute-long montage can be found on Vimeo. Um, You can find it on YouTube, but it does not use the original music because of copyright claims throughout the years. So just Google The Matrix Reloaded Modern Warfare 2 Zergriz, Z-Z-I-R-G-R-I-Z-Z. Look for like an 18-minute video on Vimeo. Do yourselves a favor and go watch that. To this day, I think it is one of the best productions on a montage ever. Not to you know, speak poorly of the first matrix in COD four, but the editing evolved heavily moving into the second one. Um, so shout out to Grizz as well. I hope he does well in Texas. He just moved to Texas. I hope he gets back into the content grind. All right, let's talk series since, uh, I kind of almost threw a series in there. Do you have a favorite series that optic has done throughout the years? We're talking vision hunting optic, Smooth competition, Mexicandy, any series that you can think of that they've done throughout the years, what's your favorite? Are we talking just Optic or are we also talking Huntsman? It can be Huntsman also. as well. Yeah, since it's the same, basically the same org. Gotcha. Um, hmm. Shoot. Does the podcast count as a series? I mean, yeah. What do you like okay. the po- like the optic, the optic podcast? The optic podcast? Yeah. yeah. I'd probably That's say a content that series. Because I've, got, I've gotten so much context for things. I haven't and listened to it that much. I don't have, I haven't made the time. I've seen the clips, like a lot of the funny clips and stuff. Right. They're really good. I'll have to check it out. I need to like actually spend a day or two, like just absorbing content again yeah for all i know it might inspire something new which would be good right, right about now i've been burnt on video ideas i have had nothing mm-hmm. um maybe i'll just go consume for a couple days so the optic podcast yeah i like it it's different and i like that it's new it's hard for me personally to name favorite things and have it be anything new like, I'm a pretty right. nostalgic person. Uh, so whenever I think of, like, the favorite series, like, I think of Sniper's Nest, top five kill cams of the week. Uh, I try yeah. not to list Vision just because I feel like it's a gimme answer. Uh, I'm excited to see what the process becomes. You know, it's obviously turning out to be really good. But, like, I have a really hard time listing new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite series 
for this episode that I'm going to list. And I talked, I think I've talked about this in the last couple episodes as well, but I actually found the title of it. I remembered to go back and find the name of the series. It was right after hunting optic with syndicate on Minecraft. It's called the optic cube. Hmm. And it was a Minecraft series. Uh, it's not super long. I want to say it's only like 10 videos, but they're basically like little micro biomes in Minecraft that like, I can't, I, don't, I can't even think of how to describe it, but if anyone's watching, if you guys want to go watch some, some optic Minecraft content from back in the day, uh, just look up the optic cube Minecraft and just watch the first episode. You might get hooked to, to watch the rest of it. It's a good one. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think I've watched it. I think it's not a, it's not crazy popular. Like I think when people think of Optic Minecraft, they think hunting Optic or they think oh, of yeah. some of the newer stuff. The yeah. opt- Optic Cube kind of slide slips between the cracks, to be honest. Right. Um. All right, we I think we're about wrapped up. My final question for this episode: If you could meet, and it's a two part question, if you could meet one person within Optic, who would it be and why? And second part of the question, does that answer change if instead of meeting them, you actually get to hang out with them for, say, an afternoon or a day? Um, I'd probably want to meet Maniac. Okay. I would love to meet Maniac, but my answer would change for hang out for a day. Um, I'd... It might be a answer that everyone well not everyone but most people would say probably hex okay Um, and i say and i say this because um because he's he's like the kind of parent figure of optic right that's Mm -hmm. you know that's his child right there yeah everyone considers him you know i mean he's he's one of the founding codfathers yeah Uh, i just feel like he could give me really good advice and he'd be super chill to hang out with, with it, with it not being too serious, but still be able to talk to him and maybe pick his brain about how he, how things, you know, kind of work. Gotcha. I feel like he knows a lot. So that's a little bit of a different answer. I think I've heard both names before, but the reasons for Hex are different because that's that's my answer. So so if I can meet one person. I've been to three events. I've met a few people, mm-hmm. but if I can meet one person, it would probably be Big Timer, favorite yeah. current member. Love the dude. You see Big T, you leave a like. You hear Big oh, Timer's yeah. name in a podcast such as right now, you leave a like. Yes, you that's a, a like. that's a message to all you, uh, all you fans listening right now. Like and share the podcast. But my answer does change, right? If I'm able to hang out with mm-hmm. him for a day, no offense to Big T, but like I don't want to spend the first <laughs> six hours of my day trading stocks. It would be cool. Actually, it would be really cool to learn, but I've done a little bit of stock trading and I I like the concept of it. I just am not as passionate as I thought I would be. I always thought that Mm -hmm. when it came time for me to enter the the market, I would get really addictive and like, I I always thought I'd be really good at it because I'd be so interested in it. And typically, if something catches your attention and interests you enough, you become good at it because you get a little obsessed. Um, But the market just didn't really do that with me, at least not yet. So, and plus, if I wanted to learn from Big Timer, you can always go to greenwallstreet.com 
and sign up for that and and you learn with him. Uh, So my answer does change to Hex if I'm able to hang out with him for a day. On my bucket list, if I ever, ever, ever get the opportunity to watch the movie Snatch with Hex, that's probably the number one thing on my bucket list. Um, So Hex, if you ever listen to any of this show or podcast... Listen, if you're looking to to hang out and watch the number one Guy Ritchie movie of all time, let me know. All right, I'll come hang out. I'll I'll do one-liners and quote it all day with you. But also, uh, I think, you know, good cooking, El Chefe, Mexican food, the dogs, the pool, shooting some hoops. Like, my girlfriend does art. She's a dog lover. We have two dogs. Like, I think the vibes would be really good. Um, and it would just be a chill day to hang out with him. I've never even considered picking his brain. Like I've given the answer of hex, I think in every episode and not once has it even concerned me to like, by the way, what's this look like from a business standpoint? Mm -hmm. So, so that's the different answer that you gave. I I'm, I'm actually shocked. I haven't thought of that before. Um, I'm always just like, I just want to eat food and hang out and watch Snatch. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, I think I'm I'm getting into that kind of mindset where business... A little bit more business For me is, is like, almost number one for me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so that's kind of... I'm starting to get that point when it comes to, like, content and stuff, right? So, like, I'm 25... I have videos on YouTube as old as 2011 mm-hmm. and like I've never really put an effort to monetize. To me it's always been like an un- unobtainable dream. Like I've always told everyone like you can make money doing whatever you want to do. And it's true, right. you can if you put the effort in. But like I've never put the effort in and two of the effort I've put in, I've never like I don't know. I've always felt like if I start asking for money for anything, like I'm, it's not worth spending your money on me yet. Right. Like I'm not giving you good enough content to subscribe on a financial level. Right. Like my stream is not good. It's not worthy of your subscription. You know, it's not worthy of your five to $25 a month, depending on what tier of subscription. Um, that being said, I, I did, you know, I'm starting to reach out to companies for the podcast, because I think one, this is the most monetizable. This is the easiest piece of content for me to monetize. Two, yeah. it's the one I'm the most obsessed with. Um, three, it's an episode format, so I could have a different sponsor for different episodes. Like it's not just a you know one time thing. Um, so right. I'm starting like. I'm starting to look at the business side of that more and like how, like I'm 25, like how can I start making an income making content? Um, but it's, it's hard. Honestly, I have no idea if anyone's listening, if you guys have either made your content, um, monetized and done well, or like any, like reach out, you know, help your boy out. I'm trying to find different ways to start, you know, getting a little bit of income from this. Um, that being said, Anchor, which is the host I use for the podcast, the audio format at least, um, that's the website that distributes it to all the different platforms like Apple Music, 
or Apple Podcasts, I guess, um, Spotify, etc. They did just release a subscription feature. So if you want to sub- uh, subscribe to the podcast, you can. I have yet to set it up. Um, I'm looking at ways that I can provide value through the subscription. Like if you can listen to it for free or subscribe for $5, what does that $5 get you? Obviously it supports me, but like I want to be able to provide value as well. And I just don't know what that looks like yet. Um, but that I think is going to wrap it up. Do you have anything that you want to say or anything you want to ask me before we close things up here? Um, not that I know of. Um, give me a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to shout out my boy. Um, yes, I do. Also before that, if you don't have anything else to like ask me or, or talk about, um, at the end of every episode, I do basically like a hot ones moment. Shout out to Sean Evans, the incredible host of hot ones for this idea. But this is basically your moment to tell people what you're up to, you know, give shout outs to your graphics, people, your friends, like whoever, what kind of content mm-hmm. you're, you're starting. Like you said, you want to get into content, like what kind of stuff you're going to start making. Like this is your moment. All right, cool. Cool. Um, well, I want to sh- do a shout out to my graphic designer. He's been working with me and he's been very patient with me. Um, his Twitter at is at S A A H I L F X. He's really good, affordable, does amazing work. And yet he's just a great guy. Um, I also want to shout out destroy it he was on the previous yeah he would have been on episode i think eight if i remember the correct order two episodes ago ah gotcha yeah he's a really good dude um you know we were doing for a little bit um he's just a really good guy and he's been there for me for a while and uh yeah all right about it content wise do you have plans on what kind of content you you want to start doing or not, have you not um, thought about it too much yet? I want to. I don't want to be a one-trick pony and just do COD. I want to branch out. Like I want to play um like story games too. I think that would be really cool. Okay. You know, obviously, still plays uh like uh COD and stuff for sure. Um, and get experimental with it. You know. Gotcha. So I actually uh, I posted a video about that basically. Um, I think like a month ago or so, because I feel like a lot of people, like they fall into this trap of thinking, well, this is a gaming channel, so I have to put gaming content on it or this is a vlogging channel. And obviously some people have been successful running multiple channels, one for gaming, one for unboxings, one for vlogs, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, like it's your brand, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Uh, And once I made that realization and made the video, I, it wasn't like necessarily like a weight off the shoulders, but it was nice. It was like, you know what? I can post whatever the fuck I want to my YouTube channel. It's my YouTube channel. It's my brand. You're coming on here. You're getting to know me, not just me when I play games. You're getting to see me cook, right? I really like cooking. So I do some cooking videos from time to time. Like, um, I have fun making unboxing videos. They just get expensive. Um, right. unfortunately, like my sister, actually, she, she has her own company, 
um, like a skincare company. And, uh, if you, by the way, if you're watching and you're into skincare products and whatnot, roses and rose, R O S E S N R O S E on Instagram. That's her company. Um, but she was like watching some of my videos and she's like, why don't you do more unboxings and like reviews? Those do really well. I was like, because that shit's expensive. I can't just go buy a new toy every week to unbox it. Like, <laughs> that's right, why. Yeah. Uh, but then she's like, why don't you just review some of the stuff you already have? I was like, I mean, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. But, all right. I think that's going to do it, though. Um, so, again, if you guys are wondering, you know, if, where you can follow him, if you want some graphics made and you want to check out his graphic designer, go in the description below. No matter where you're listening or watching, I will have links to all of that. Um, also shout out to love from Pluto for both the intro and outro music guy does a really good job. Check that out. Check him out in the description below as well. The graphic designer one more time was Sahil FX at S A A H I L F X on Twitter. Um, I just went through his portfolio real quick. Definitely does some really good work and I'm sure your logo and graphics are going to turn out really, really good. Um, like Dude, yeah. No, he's got a solid portfolio. Thanks for coming on again. Um, thanks for, you know, rescheduling. We I know we were supposed to do this a few days ago. Thanks for being flexible. Um, yeah, other than that, anyone listening, I'll see you guys on the next episode. I think it'll be episode 11 in uh, a couple Sundays from now. So I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next one. All right.